Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of Redemption Unscripted. I'm your host, Austin, and with me on the mic, as always, we have Pastor Rick. How you doing, man? Good, brother. Always good to be with you doing another episode of our podcast, and at the same time, it's always particularly exciting when we have a first-time guest with us, our resident. Yes, and that is our youth ministry resident, Alex Holtz. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And now, we're... We, we were joking just before recording that it is Holtz, but it, yes. it'd be so much better if your last name were pronounced Hotz, man. I, I, know, I know. I would personally, I would change it. Hey, I'm Rick And Hotz. then we could have yeah. used the other recording. It's we true. That is true. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And Alex is You're Holtz. Been here what? Almost two years. Getting almost close. Two years. Yep. And I just now learned your last name. I knew That's, how to pronounce yeah. it. I did, but you <laughs> did not. Oh, I'm sorry, man. That's all right. That's okay. <laughs> well, we are excited, Alex, to have you on the podcast because we're diving into a topic that I know all of us love, but I know you love it particularly uh, a ton, and that is movies. And so we're going to dive into the topic of movies and how should we as Christians watch them and how do we see the gospel in it. So before we dive into that, let me just, let's break the ice here. Why don't you guys tell me, give me your favorite movie. What's your favorite movie out there? So I might be a little bit classic and old school and maybe predictable, but uh, my favorite movie is Braveheart. Not granted, I'm a Scot, so uh, I've got a little, little bit of that going for me. But Braveheart, uh, in a close second, would be Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail. So they're pretty much wow. the same movie, right? So probably one of those two. Okay. What about you, brother? I was going to say, those are pretty close, uh, pretty close <laughs> there. So uh, my favorite of all time is Inception. So any type of movie that like makes me think super hard, I love that. Unbelievable. But hey, my second is Raiders of the Lost Ark, so I don't oh, know nice. if that saves it all for right. anybody. So that, that, That's a save right there. Cause, yeah. Because Inception, like, don't you have to watch it like three, four times before it's good? I've seen it like six or seven times. So. <laughs> wow. That is incredible. Yeah. Well, and you, de- I mean, we, uh, as Austin, you had this idea to do movies. We wanted you on the mic with us, Alex, because obviously you have a passion for movies. When did that start for you? That was in high school. Um, there was a brief time where I was going to go to school to make movies. That's really what I wanted to do before I switched over to youth ministry. So, and then that's when I was just like, I'm still just going to watch movies either way. So Nice. Yeah. So now you're doing youth ministry, getting plenty of content to yeah. make movies later. Exactly. Nice. A lot yeah, of material, yeah, yeah. man. A lot yeah. of material. Oh, man. That is awesome. Well, well, guys, I'm excited to dive in. So let's just kind of start with this question. Uh, why are we talking about movies? There's a ton of things we could talk about in this podcast, but but why why are we talking about movies today? Well, yeah, because it seems almost like a... Uh, are we wasting an episode here? Like, uh, we're, we're believers. Why are we talking about movies? But that's the thing. Like, uh, movies are very, very influential in our culture. And we can pretend like we as Christians don't watch movies. And we don't, we don't watch movies coming out of Hollywood. But that's, that's not true. We do. And so we're very influenced both as a culture as a whole and as Christians by movies in the culture. So it's good for us to talk about them. Yeah, I agree. And part of it is like... So much of our time is spent taking in content, and some of it, so much of it is in front of a screen. Like even if you think about the last year, like when people were stuck inside, Netflix, Hulu, all of these different streaming services, they're 
rates, their viewing rates were skyrocketing. So people are like constantly taking this in, like ourselves included, that this is a medium that people see daily. You're thinking Tiger King right now, aren't you? That is. That is actually did you watch that Tiger King? Of course it did. Austin? Oh, it was a, it was the highlight of 2020 for me. <laughs> I watched it. it we great. all watched it. Everybody watched it. <clears throat> that's, like- that's the point. We all watched it, and, and here we are as uh, people working for a church. And one of the things I want to avoid in our lives is that sacred-secular split idea, you know? So we're Christians, we go to church, and that's over here on, uh, I'm pointing to the left, on, that's over here on the left, that's the spiritual area, the sacred area. And then over here on the right, this is going to be our, our secular lives, and that's where movies are. And somehow we never let these two touch, and that's not healthy. We want to live as unified wholes, as unified people, such that our Christianity informs our movies, and, and those two go together. We're one person. Yeah, I agree. And a large part of this for me especially is that storytelling is a very important medium for people in the sense that like people want to hear stories. They want to be involved by, with stories. They want to be changed by stories. Like mm-hmm. These are all super big parts of how, how we operate as humans. I mean, Christ used stories to get his ideas out to the masses all the time, to his disciples specifically. And so when we're sitting in front of a screen watching these movies, taking in this content, and we're doing it because innately, whether we accept it or not, we want to see these stories and we want to hear these stories be told. So my wife is a faithful listener to our podcast, and she will probably eventually listen to this, and she just said amen. I know she did, because <laughs> she loves story. In fact, I almost bowed out on this one. The timing didn't work, but to, <clears throat> excuse me, to let her come on the mic. Because she does love stories. She has a quote uh, posted in her workstation in our kitchen that uh, is by C.S. Lewis that says something like, eventually you'll be old enough for fairy tales again. Mm. You know, that, that just that love for story and how they really grip us emotionally. Movies do that, right? Definitely, definitely. And kind of with that, that leads into the next question with, you know, we talk about stories and uh, and we know, I mean, the greatest story of all time is the gospel and redemption. And so, mm-hmm. so how do we see the gospel or maybe gospel themes come out in movies and maybe even movies that you're not intentionally watching to see the gospel, but, but how do you see maybe some gospel themes come out in movies that we watch? Sure. It's funny because this whole idea is kind of, I, I believe, is really built into us in the sense of like, if you watch movies, there are qualities of the redemption story of Christ's work that like just come out in stories. Like you think about like, if you watch a movie and a character is the same from the start to the finish and they haven't changed at all, like there's no life change. It almost frustrates us because we want to see people develop. We want to see these characters develop. So when we watch these movies, when these stories are being told, it almost just innately just comes out on the screen which is interesting. Absolutely. And I can remember being a senior in college. Uh, You know, when you get to your last semester and you got throwaway classes. So I took a class on movies and uh, the professor who was certainly not a Christian would regularly talk about Christ figures. And so that's just a known thing in the movie world. That is a Christ figure. And so I think some of what's going on there is the story of the gospel is woven into the fabric of the universe. And it is in the warp and the woof of the whole universe. And so when people go to make movies, even if they're not believers, they will inadvertently sometimes, much to their chagrin sometimes, they will draw upon the gospel story. 
as the story behind all stories, and it will creep out. Now, sometimes that's a, a Christian intentionally doing it, uh, like C.S. Lewis in his Narnia series. You'll be an influence there. Uh, sometimes it's non-Christians, and they don't know what they're doing. True. And it's interesting because all of these different facets will come out in different ways, whether it is through the story or it's even like through the imagery. And I think that's part of what is so powerful when it comes to movies. Like you can read these, we can read in books and you can see in books and novels just different ways that stories are told. But when you watch something on TV or when you watch it in a theater or on a movie, you get a unique opportunity to see these gospel qualities told through pictures and through color and through um, just even like movement is like, these are all different unique aspects that will pull out some of these stories. So I can remember uh, some movies come to mind for me, but I'm not as good as you are with that. So I'm going to ask you a question here in a bit. Oh boy. I warn you. Uh, what is a movie that was not a quote unquote Christian movie, mm. but that had some clear gospel themes to it? And while you're thinking on that, one of the things that comes to mind for me is I think it was John Eldridge who said, you guys might correct me on that, but he pointed out how uh, it's kind of like Old Testament prophets. Hmm. So uh, like uh, Pharaoh has this dream and he doesn't know how to interpret the dream. And so they call upon, remember who? He was in jail, Joseph, right? He calls upon Joseph to come and interpret the dream. And so he used that imagery that sometimes that's what's going on. You have these secular individuals with these visions that we call movies, these great stories. And sometimes we are called upon as Christians, as the prophets, to come in and say, hey, great movie you created. Let me tell you what it means. And, and because they inadvertently wove some gospel themes in there. And so now we're able to say, hey, here's what that means mm. and draw out the themes. Sure, sure, sure. Good point. So you asked me that question yeah. about, the, about a movie. Yeah. What if we threw movies at you, like Dumb and Dumber? Um, oh, that's right, because you never answered yeah. the question, did so, you? Oh, oh head right. Which is my favorite movie, Dumb and Dumber. Shout <laughs> Unbelievable. Out. Now, what, what's the gospel theme? I'm just kidding. You know, I was going to say, Austin, there are also some movies that don't have gospel <laughs> themes in them. So, yeah. <laughs> so you give us a movie that you, you've seen. So there, there are many. I mean, there are, there are many that you, I could list off if I had the time to kind of like do a little bit of research. But off the top of my head, I think of The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. So the the Batman mm -hmm. movies, the famous Batman movies, and you think about the end of this, the end of this movie, the way it ends. Spoiler alert: It's been ten years. So I hope you've seen this movie. Mm -hmm. But at the end of this movie, there is Batman has failed to stop this bomb that's going to blow up Gotham. All these people really don't have an option; they're stuck on this island. And so Batman finally, he's like, I have no other option but to take this into the like with me in like the Bat plane and sacrifice myself so that Gotham can live. Yeah. And ultimately, like people are telling him, don't do it. There's no way this is going to work. You have other options. And he says, there is no other option. I have to take this. And he takes it, and he goes, and he flies off. And there's even a part, point where some of the people in the city are like watching, and they're, they're saying, like, that's Batman, and he is giving his life for us. But then at the end of the movie, it turns out that he wasn't actually dead. He quote-unquote, came back to life is kind of the idea. He rose, yeah. Yeah. And there, there's the gospel on display, absolutely. And you just think, how many movies is that the basic storyline? So you have a hero who at great expense to himself, self-sacrifice, sometimes even the ultimate sacrifice, in order to save a lot of people. Well, that is based on the gospel. Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah. Now, what would you guys say coming off that? I mean, we... 
So you've both kind of identified that. You can see the gospel in maybe not every movie, but a lot of movies, and the, the themes are there. And that kind of brings up the next question is, so as believers then, uh, how do we discern what movies to watch and not to watch? Because we're not just writing a blank check and saying, go find the gospel, have fun, watch a new movie. No, how do we discern as believers maybe what movies we should or shouldn't watch? Yeah, because hearing this as the topic for the podcast, I'm guessing a lot of Christians got nervous. Uh, not all, but, but there would be a corridor of Christianity that thinks movies are bad or most movies are bad or, you know, and, and you got to be really, really, really careful. So one of the things as we were, particularly as we were raising our kids, we had to make some decisions. What will, will we let them watch? And one of the things Shannon and I stumbled along upon earlier in our marriage is the idea of in the story, in the movie, is the bad stuff depicted as bad, and is the good stuff depicted as good? Now, notice the difference in the question. The question is not, is there bad stuff in the movie? And the reason that's important is because, let me ask you a question, guys. Is there bad stuff in the, in the Bible? Yeah. yeah. And there's rape in the Bible. There's murder in the Bible. There's the, like, there is a lot of bad stuff. And so if the issue is you can't let people hear or see or be exposed to bad stuff, the Bible's out. But here's the thing with the Bible. The bad stuff is depicted as bad, and the good stuff is depicted as good. And so what I'm looking for in a movie is, does it glorify evil? Does it make evil seem like good? Well, that's going to be a bad message. Or is there evil in the movie that is shown to be evil? Oh, that, that's actually a good message similar to the Bible. So that's one standard. What, what would you kick in, Alex? Yeah, with that... That's it can be a complex question, like you were saying, because you're not sure how people what people think of movies off the bat and things like that. But ultimately, one of the big things that I bring up when this conversation topic comes up all the time is how are you viewing the movie yourself? In the sense that when you sit there, when you watch the movie, like what kind of filter do you have on? Mm-hmm. Are you watching this movie with the idea of that you want to watch for amusement, like you want this movie to feed you what its messages are and what it's telling you? Or are you watching it with the view of entertainment in the sense of, I want to get something out of this, I want to learn from this, I want to grow from this, but I want to do it with a biblical lens. And so like Philippians 4.8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, any excellence. If there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I like what you were saying, Rick, about like what, how does it depict the good things and how does it depict the bad things? Because at that point, then it's like, what are, how does it depict the things that are honorable? How does it depict the things that are pure? Even if the movie focuses on a quote-unquote bad guy, does it display him and glorify him kind of thing? Right. And you think back up just to the grand story of all history. God allowed the angel who became Satan to be created, he allowed that one to fall. Now, uh, he could have just once that started, nope, turn the movie off. Turn it off. But he allowed that to play out because in the process, uh, good is glorified as good. God is glorified as God. And so the bad is shown to be bad. The good is shown to be good. And that's the story of history. And God has allowed for that movie to be shown. And so, uh, now, I would say you have to have some discernment and caution with it. 
So uh, I am able to drink a beer. I am able to go into a bar. I'm not a recovering addict. We have a ton of wonderful, awesome recovering addicts in our church, and they can't do what I just said I can do because it will mess them up. And so you got to know what is, uh, where are your limits? So that movie, I, I just can't watch it. Now, for me, I have uh, dealt with, in my past, a lot of lust and sexual immorality. And so if a movie goes too sexual, uh, I know it's going to mess me up, and I just can't go there. So you got to kind of know, okay, yeah, well, good's shown to be good and bad's shown to be bad, Pastor. Yeah, but for me, I can't watch that movie, thanks. And so it's not that a beer at a bar is necessarily wrong, but for some of our people here, for them, they can't. And that's okay. You got to know yourself and know your limits. Yeah, there, there's a part of this that I, when I hear it, it's like, you can, so I love film, I love movies, mm-hmm. I love the, the art and the medium of it, but there's no reason I'd be willing to sacrifice my faith and my integrity just to watch a movie, hmm. you know? It's these, we can enjoy these things, we can learn from these things, but it is not the most important thing. And when people give me flack for watching a movie that might be rated R or something like that, it's often what happens is like, well, let, let's look at the themes. Like, let's look at the qualities. I'm not watching a movie that is focused on sex, but the movie might, movie might be violent to make a point kind of thing, you know? So it's, it's like you were saying, Rick, discerning your heart. Now, the interesting thing there is you just said uh, movies that are R, R-rated. <laughs> What's interesting is you asked the question, we didn't, we didn't use letters as labels, and I'll tell you what, there are some movies, as my kids were growing up, that are R-rated movies that I wanted my kids to watch because of what it would teach them and how it would shape them. And there were PG or PG-13 movies that I'm like, heck no, I do not want my kids watching it. So just the ratings coming out of Hollywood, you got to understand who's making those ratings. We don't want to submit to them. And so uh, use them maybe as a first glance, but that's not authoritative in our lives. Yeah, that came up earlier when Alex and I were talking to me. You think Passion of the Christ? Uh, there's not many Christians. You shouldn't watch that. You should. It's, it's rated R. Like rated it's, R. And incredibly yeah. violent because mm-hmm. what was done to our Lord? Violent. Incredibly violent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, how would you guys say? Uh, so, so with so as Christians, you know, we we use a biblical filter. We're, we're wise. We think about things you guys already said, but. Uh, how does then, as we go watch movies, what should be different um, about how we watch movies opposed to non-believers? So it starts with that filter, like I was saying. It starts with uh, knowing what you should watch, what you shouldn't watch. But then it becomes a familiarity with with your Bible, with the Bible, and mm-hmm. in, in the sense of like, these are the stories, these are the qualities, these are the things that are good and that are glorifying. So can I go, and when I watch this, I can recognize themes of life change, themes of redemption, themes of sacrifice. And then those are the big ones, right? Mm-hmm. But then also ideas of like justice or running the race, uh, I just uh, just rewatched 1917 recently. I could see that quality in there really big time. Even qualities of like what you shouldn't be, people that are constantly being told what they shouldn't be. It's taking these things that we've learned from Scripture and viewing them in the movie rather than taking the themes out of the movie and viewing them and being like, that's what I want to change me. So when I was doing college ministry for 15 years, I always had the idea. I never got around to doing it, but I wanted to do something called Thinker's Theater. 
where we would watch a movie with a group of people and then think about it, talk about it. Now, I never got around to it as a ministry arena, but it's something Shannon and I practice in our marriage all the time. And so what I want believers to realize is that movies are not just entertainment. Movies are information. Movies are trying to persuade you. Movies have a message. They have a point. And if you allow yourself to just suck it all in uncritically, you're going to end up with a lot of garbage in there. I can't remember who said it, but uh, the line was something like, uh, the purpose of a mind is like a mouth, uh, that, that you want to close it on something worthwhile. And so you don't want to just have an open mind. If you always have an open mind, you get a bunch of junk in there. It's like walking around with your mouth open. You get flies, it's garbage in there, right? So you want to close it on good stuff. So you want to think critically. And and that might not happen while you're watching the movie. So it might be after the movie, the movie's over. Then what if you pause, whether you're with your spouse, your date, your friend, your community group, whatever, and you say, okay, what was that movie trying to say? And do we agree with them? What's right about it? What's wrong about it? Where would the scriptures correct it? Where does it glorify God? Like, and, and to start to think. So it's thinker's theater, mm-hmm. and our minds are engaged. Yeah. I love the critical mindset. That's, mm-hmm. It's one of the best ways to view uh, film, in my opinion, because of what you were saying. And so after I'd see a movie at the theater, my wife, Sydney, would kill me because I'd say, all right, I want to sit here and talk about what we just saw. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, we just watched Fast and Furious 5. I don't, we don't need to talk about this movie. So, <laughs> And slow down, honey. Yeah, slow down. Yeah. <laughs> but in reality, though, I want those themes and the ideas to change me for the better. As long as I'm viewing it through this lens, as long as the content is something that is, can be God-glorifying, I want that to change me. So when a movie, when I watch a movie and it makes me emotional, I want to make sure to handle those emotions correctly. Mm-hmm. And, and then maybe uh, along with that to ask, um, where is the gospel theme? Does it poke through in this? How does it poke through? Uh, you know, I, I put you on the spot earlier, Alex, by asking you like a, a movie. Uh, one that comes to mind for me is The Count of Monte Cristo. Ooh, yeah. It's a great flick. Of course, there's the revenge theme and all that. But one of the interesting things, if you remember when he is in prison and he's trying to escape, he's digging a tunnel. Now, that is very much like works-based salvation. you got to work your way out. Dig, 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 dig. Do you remember how he ended up getting out? Remember the priest dies. And he trades places with the priest, and therefore he is just carried out and thrown into freedom. Does, does that sound like the gospel to you? Mm-hmm. So you do not tunnel your way out. Uh, I hope nobody hears this a podcast, because uh, I'll probably use this on Easter sometime. But anyway, uh, but instead, somebody died, and you swap places with that person, and you are carried to freedom. Okay, there's the gospel screaming at us. And so to have afterwards, we're, we're hanging out after the movie, eating dinner or whatever, and talking about it and going, did you catch that? And that's just a redeeming moment in our lives. It's beautifully portrayed with great art. Yeah. And that's a, and a, the big thing with that is reflecting on that, and I've noticed this with my friends, is a good opportunity at building up one another through the gospel in those avenues. So you typically, I mean, when you hang out with your friends, at least when I hang out with my friends, it's not always Bible studies, you know, and things like that. Sure. But when we go out and we watch a movie or when they come over to watch whatever the newest thing is released on Netflix, whatever it is, and sitting there and talking about those things, thinking about how that is so glorifying, having the right mindset and understanding the information, like you were saying, in the best way possible with the community of believers that see that. And even if it's not, 
it's an opportunity to talk about that gospel truth with non-believers. Well, and this is interesting. Notice how uh, what you're saying there connects to what I started out saying, the sacred-secular split. So, you know, the, the response might be, hey, this isn't Bible study time. We, we talk about Jesus at Bible study. This is movie time. This is entertainment time. This is fun time. And we want to make sure we keep those separate. Well, no, no, no. We're unified people. And so we should be thinking through a biblical grid no matter what we're doing. So even if we're hanging out having fun, our, our Lord comes flooding right into it. And so to think through how that movie impacts us, that's, that's not out of bounds. And so, so let's, I mean, I think some people listen to this, they might, they might start thinking, you know, they, as they hear you guys talk. So, so maybe a solution to all this is I just watch Christian movies. Cause then you don't have to think about a filter. You don't have to think about discerning. Um, and so some people might respond with that. And, and so, so let's kind of, before we wrap up, talk about that. Like it's a very broad question, but just Christian movies, thoughts there with some feedback. What do you guys think? Because that's a whole, I mean, it's a whole market. It's a, it is there's a whole pure market. flicks. I mean, there's a Christian version Absolutely. of Netflix, so it's out there. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I like that there is an alternative to Hollywood. Because one of the things that uncritically happens with movies is not only do we swallow whole hog whatever message they're pushing, we think it's entertainment, we don't examine it, we swallow that thing, but we also inadvertently come to idolize Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Actors, actresses, all the and and they are not always great role models, you know. So so I like that there's an alternative to Hollywood. The question is, and sometimes with Christian movies, uh, I, I know we three guys agree. Sometimes they're just not always done great, and that's the fly in the ointment here, that the rub. Uh, so Alex, take your shot. I've got thoughts as well, but what are your thoughts on Christian movies? So when I when I we've been saying I, I start with a critical biblical lens when I watch movies, mm-hmm. but my second one is typically the quality of a movie. Mm-hmm. And so, like you're saying, it it might have a good message, but if the acting, if the writing, if the storytelling isn't done great, it doesn't always come off as like a a great message uh, for the viewer. Right. But there are other things that I think that Christian movies can damage our way that we view other types of film mm-hmm. in the sense that Christian movies often will present like idealism in the sense of like, if this is the way that you live your life and you choose to live your life this way, like specifically in these instances, following Christ, your life will be great. It will be easy. It won't be, it won't be difficult. And, off, and then whatever issue you're facing in this story will be resolved immediately. So, yeah. so theologically, that'd be perfectionism yep. or, or health and wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, so just walk with Jesus and it's all going to be great. And we know that in this fallen world, mm-hmm. it's really tough. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, 100%. Right. And then even, in the, even on the outside of that, now you're focusing on the Christian character in the movie, whatever the movie is, and often it glorifies them and their faith and what they are doing rather than some of these other movies that we see Christ figures in the movie. Now, this person, they, they're not necessarily a Christ figure, but we're just hearing a story of somebody being redeemed, being told, which is not a bad idea, which is not bad at all. We tell, I mean, we tell redemption stories uh, here uh, on those fifth Sundays, but oftentimes, like, when you watch these movies, that's kind of what gets lost, is that Christ is no longer glorified. We just see this person's change. Hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I think when you were starting to speak there, Alex, it, it just made me remember that movies are art. 
Movies are art, and there's good art and bad art. And then there's the message being portrayed by the good or bad art. So even if I have a good move message, which is most Christian movies, it's a good message, but it can be done with bad art. And when a good message is communicated with bad art, it is still bad art. <laughs> it's still bad art. And uh, that's where I think we feel awkward sometimes. Like uh, Now, there's movies uh, like Fireproof. A lot of mess marriages have been saved or healed because of fireproof. And so I can't diss it. I can't, like, God has used it in people's lives. Praise God for that. If you've been blessed by fireproof, awesome. But I wouldn't say in the realm of movies that it's great art. And so what I love is I want Christian movies that are high art, that are great art. And those are that's a little bit more of a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. And... As you're saying that too, the, fact, the idea about art, it's, it's as if you go to an art museum and you stand in one room and look at the art in that one room and you're neglecting everything else that's in the rest of the museum. Because there are things, there are great art in other places and things like that. And we've talked for a while now about what it looks like to pull some of those good concepts out of that. But it doesn't mean that it has to be like a PG movie. You know, mm-hmm. well, and, and even to use your museum analogy, so imagine uh, you're at the Louvre or whatever, just all this amazing, amazing art, and then over here, there's one room off to the side. It's the Christian art room, and you go in there, and there are good uh, messages about Jesus, but they look like they're done by three year olds. Mm-hmm. Now the message is good. The message is good, but uh, I don't want that to be our only art that we offer to the culture. Mm. You know, so I want it to be well done. True. And movies that I think of that like often could be even more so Christian movies that aren't in the Christian realm, like Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. right? Great stories that are being told there. Um, even thing, a movie like Silence. I don't know if anybody's, if you guys have seen that, but it's a great movie that is really hard to watch. Um, so and my answer is silence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my answer is I might have seen it, but I don't know. Sure. So here's the thing. My memory, like I'll watch a movie and I'll forget. So back in the day when you used to go to the video store, I don't know if you remember this at all, Alex. I don't know if you're but you go yeah, a little you go, you go and you'd rent a movie and bring it home. I'd go rent a movie, bring it home, and Shannon would say, You realize you just brought that home and we watched it two months ago. Dang it. Sorry, going back to the story. So, so I have the privilege of rewatching movies for the first time all over the time. That's an amazing experience. Thank you, thank you. But yeah, like even that movie, like Silence, a movie about priests that go on a mission to Japan at a time when the Japanese were not accepting of Christians. Mm. It's hard to watch the torture that they endure. But this is real life. These are things that they did for the sake of the gospel, you yeah. know? Or even like biopics like uh, Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash story. A crazy redemption story, but it's hard to watch. And the things that he did when he was young are not great, but they still tell these stories of like people that were redeemed, you know? So let me make it practical as far as how this can play out in good art in a movie. C.S. Lewis had a great line where he wanted people to write with their Christianity latent. Okay, think about it. So with your Christianity latent, meaning it's not so overt, it's not so in your face. So why is it that some of these, like with the uh, Narnia series or the Lord of the Ring, Lord of the Rings trilogy, which is heck, got it into more than just three, right? But uh, so uh, with these movies, we know they are overt Christian themes, but it doesn't feel like that. In part because you never have a scene where Gandalf takes Frodo aside and explains the gospel to him. 
Do you notice that? That is, see, that's not latent. That is over. It's in your face. And that's how a lot of Christian movies, with when they're poorly lighted or the audio is bad or the camera shots, what like poorly acted, like. But but what they're doing is then they make it a very explicit gospel message where one character takes another character aside and explains, "Here's how you know Jesus," right? And instead, Lewis is saying, hey, you've got to get behind their defenses. And so you've got to write with your Christianity latent. So they let that in the camp. That's my paraphrase of what Lewis was saying there. And if you think about it, uh, the LGBTQIA on and on, that camp has been doing this for a long time. And so think how now almost every movie, TV show, whatever, has a homosexual character in it to normalize. Now, they, it might not be about homosexual. There's no um, homosexual gospel being preached from one character to another. They're just, they're writing with their uh, opinion about homosexuality latent. You see that? Mm-hmm. And so Lewis is saying, why don't we do that? Why don't we write really, really good stories with the Christian message assumed and woven in the background in a, basically a Trojan horse kind of way and let it be high art, let it be good art. And you can see Lewis did that. Mm-hmm. Tolkien did that, right? Uh, and so that's one of the ways I think you can discern it is, uh, do, they, do they write with their Christianity latent or is it overt? And if it's overt, then let it be high art. But oftentimes it's not. What, why do you, what would you say, and Alex, you can chime into that with that, like what, why, why do you think Christians, or not all Christians, but some Christian movie um, producers or writers go that route of they don't do the hard work of, of going a different way? Why do they take maybe the easy way out and just make I, it a verse? I think it's my fault <laughs> because, <laughs> because I'm a preaching pastor. Hmm. And, and as Christians, we are very much given over to preaching. We open the word, here's what you should believe. For. So we're used to preaching. So we want our movies to preach. And what we haven't done is honored the, uh, the medium uh, the, of it, that it is actually an art form. And so in art, your message is not always overt. So what we want to do as Christians, we're used to preaching. We want to preach with our movies. So there ought to be a time in the movie where one of the characters preaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's where I think we violate the medium a little yeah. bit. I think another part of it is that it is safe, you know, like... This this movie when it releases, it's either going to be G or PG kind of thing. Like it's not going to be anything more typically. Sure. Um, and when they do that, then they can guarantee one that people are going to see it, and two, the people that are gonna that are nervous about movies or just the idea of some of those stories that are being told makes them anxious. When they pop it in their DVD player, they know what they're going to be seeing, kind of thing. Right. When in reality, life isn't always that is easy, and so when you tell these stories. It comes. It's sometimes messy and it's sometimes hard to watch, but in reality, sometimes that's the truer message of the gospel: is that it is going to be harder to watch sometimes, but there is redemption. It is because it's a broken, fallen world, and you, you know, Alex, you keep using the word story, mm-hmm. and and so what I think we want to do in kind of weaving the two together when we write with our Christianity latent, the story is the message. But oftentimes what you have is the message is an interruption to the story. You feel that difference, right? So, so instead, I mean, write and let the story tell the story. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been, man, this has been a fantastic conversation. Is there any closing thoughts, any kind of final thoughts on movies and as believers, how we should watch and maybe see the gospel in them? You can enjoy movies as a Christian as long as you are a Christian first and a viewer second, but you can also blend those two together. It works. You just have to do it in the right order. 
Good. good. And Alex, it's been uh, good to have you on on the mic with us. And uh, Austin, I'm glad you decided to take us here. Um, I would want my brothers and sisters in Christ to go enjoy art. I mean, keep in mind, our God is a great artist. Like, he invented color. He invented landscape. He invented, I mean, he's a great artist. You looked at the Bible. The overwhelming majority of the scripture is not didactic. It's not um, preaching. It is story. It's history. And so God is a storytelling God. And Alex, as you pointed out, Jesus would use parables. He'd use story to illustrate. Our God is like that. So we must be people who love story, learn from story, tell story. But of course, we want to be very, very discerning when we take in story from the world. Absolutely. Guys, that is some great stuff. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. And, And hopefully, if you're listening to this, you heard them. Go, go watch some movies now. Go see what's on Netflix, Hulu. But hopefully you watch them with a, maybe a different lens now that you've heard some of this. So thanks, guys. Uh, we look forward to being back here next month. Uh, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.